It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. All right. Um, just as far as the injuries go, I, the main one is uh, the only one was Patrick. Um, and we'll just we'll wait till we get back to give you further evaluation on it. Um, and I'll just leave it. I'll leave it at that. I'll I'll tell you, it was, Matt did a nice job of stepping in there, and um, we didn't have to really back down on anything we we had called. We were able to just pick up from right right where we left off, and and uh, I was proud of him. You know, he's not getting any younger. So for him to get in there uh, and do what he did, he, he did a heck of a job. I mean, very not too many people get hurt on a sneak, and so it's a freak thing. And, uh, you know, it happens. So I was proud. I was proud of our guys stepping up. And, you know, they didn't let down, which can you've seen that over the years. You've seen teams that let themselves down after one of your best players or the best player gets gets hurt in particular the quarterback and I was proud that our guys just stepped up and, and kept battling and really uh everybody up their game I thought all right that was head coach Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs welcome to Canel and Bell Danny and Raja with you on this Friday big show we want to lead with that we're going to get to NBA's Ian Williamson sitting out the final preseason game uh the epidemic of transfers with five stars transferring want to talk about that but let's go right to that game. I was uh, – so I moved this week. I still don't have TV set up in my house, what? right? I know. It's killing me. It's like I feel like I'm living in the 1800s right. with no electricity. Thankfully, we have electricity. We do have internet, so I can stream stuff. It's just not as fun. So I actually went out to a sports bar last night with some buddies, uh, some of the crew from the game I'm calling tonight, so we could watch the baseball, the Yankees, and the Chiefs game. And when I saw this injury, like I was kind of watching it and it was kind of over there and I saw a fourth down and I saw a QB sneak and I saw a scrum and then I saw Patrick Mahomes laying on the ground and I was like, oh, he's just take, be taking his time getting up. Like, you know, sometimes in a pile sure. you get laid on. And then when I saw the team come out, I saw him take off his helmet and his, his you know, his reaction. I was like, oh no, something's like, wrong. This is the worst case scenario. For the Chiefs, for the NFL, for Patrick Mahomes, I'm thinking this is really, really bad. And it is. He was. He left the game. Um, I think what we're going to hear is probably better news than we think. If they're saying it's this uh, dislocated patellar tendon the or the kneecap where they actually put it back in place. I don't know. Did you see the video? Yeah, that they around? just kind of slid it back in. And you can literally back in. see it. Yeah. It's kind of nasty when you think about it. But I think that's the best case scenario for Andy Reid and the Chiefs, which is I what he was pretty optimistic about everything. Like, hey, they did get the win. Might not have been pretty, but I think that's a best case scenario considering what it could have been. Um, yeah, look, I you know, I'm no doctor. Um, certainly the MRI will will uh determine what his future looks like. But if you were a Chiefs fan, um the video of him in the bowels of the stadium actually walking under his own power. You know, at post MRI. Yep. Even though he's limping, that's a good sign. When you've got like, when your knee is, there's a fresh wound and, and it's really torn up. You, you know, you know this. They don't even allow you to try to walk on it. Right. Right. So I think that is a good sign. Um, and then you got to wait to see what the MRI looks like. Um, and then go from there. So Patrick Mahomes sent out a tweet. It's an awesome team win. Love my brothers. Thank you for all the prayers. Everything looking good so far. 
hashtag God is good, hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. Good so far to me. So I actually, I called my dad this morning. I tried to get him to call into the show, but mm-hmm. he's like super shy. He yeah. doesn't like, he's really like, he's, he's like, I don't, I love, I, I don't like bragging, but my dad's one of the best doctors, like, right. in all, like, he's been in sports medicine. He's awesome, but he hates talking in front of people. It's so weird because he's had a lot of success right. and yet he just doesn't like talking in front of people, doesn't like doing TV. So, but I did call him and I asked him and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, what did you think of Mahomes' injury? And he's like, well, it's one of two things. He's like, it's either a dislocated kneecap mm-hmm. or it's a uh, patellar uh, situation, which would be what I think is what we're hearing. Right. Because if it was a dislocated kneecap, he was telling me it was kind of like the kid from UCF, Mackenzie Milton. Oh, wow. How bad that yeah, was. That's... Where it messes with a lot of tendons. It's yep. like totally off and you can't really get it back in. But he said if it's this dislocated patellar. Then if you get it back in quickly, that's a really good thing. And I was mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, well, you saw him get it back in. He's like, yeah, that's a great thing. He said that would be the best case scenario. And he did say two to four weeks, which fits in line with the three weeks. So I think that's the best case scenario uh, for the Chiefs in this spot. And I think that's what's I think that's what you're going to see because it would have been horrendous if you would have seen that. There was I saw some people criticizing the play call itself, which I think is just really dumb. It was a quarterback sneak. Yeah, Tom Brady quarterback sneaks. All the time, including the other weeks ago. Yes, yes, exactly. It is generally, I know you're thinking having a quarterback run the ball, but really you just fall in a pile. And that was just a freak accident. It was just a freaky thing. Guy falls in him sideways, kind of, you know, hits the kneecap, slides it over, and it's probably a 300 pounder, which it was. The guy was laying right next to him. So I wouldn't criticize the play call one bit at all. But that's one of those things when you sign up to play football or any contact sport. There's an inherent risk that something like that happens. I don't think they jeopardized him in any way. The play call had nothing to do with it. That could have happened, you know, standing back in the, the pocket, probably even more severe if you're standing there like oh, a statue sure. and a 300 pounder, like they're falls running. on the side of, right. And there's movement. Correct. So you. like, that's just one of those things. Anybody, you know, criticizing that is that, I mean, shame on you for that. Yeah. It's really dumb. Uh, then the conversation as Patrick Mahomes is down and out for a few weeks, cause it was a must win situation for Kansas. Oh City. man. They would have lost three in a row. There would have been ultimate panic and then losing Mahomes on top of that. Right. Would have been like, Oh man, are we writing this team off? Before we came in, uh, before they went in the game last night, we talked about, you know, what type of team would you see out of them? And remember, like we criticized Dallas last week for coming yeah. out and looking like they were disinterested in the game having lost two in a row. Right. You saw the opposite from a Kansas City Chiefs team and the defense that looked like, you know, they were sick of hearing about how bad they've been. You know, like that's what you want to see out of a team that that hopes to win a championship. You want to see a response um, to the to the eggs that you've recently laid. Yeah, it's um, and I thought they were really impressive on defense. Yeah. I'm Joe Flacco, by the way. Like that, <laughs> I mean, that looked rough. I mean, he looked awful. The Broncos looked I mean, awful. But man, my man, Joe Flacco was struggling. Yeah, he just. He, I, he never looks like this. He's got very little affect to begin with, right? Yep. Um, right. But He's man, kinda, he just looks disinterested. He like, looks disinterested. They threw his numbers up before the game eesh. and they weren't great. And then I saw the first couple series. I was like, you know, they got lucky on the two like penalties to keep moving the ball down the yeah. field. But man, he was like casually in the pocket, just dropping the ball when people were around him. I was like, this guy doesn't even want to be on the field. Now they came after him, like Kansas City kind of pinned their ears back. They were blitzing the heck out of him. Yeah. Like, he had nine sacks. But I guess to that, I would say if you're a defense that can't get it figured out in your base, like, right. do that. Yeah, exactly. Get after them. Get after right. them. Take those risks. They had nine sacks on the night, which is a really absurd total. Uh, you don't see that type of pressure all the time, especially by a team like Kansas City, where this is supposedly the weakness of their defense. I think they played angry, which is awesome. Um, 
If they lose them for three weeks, let's just say, Kansas City coming up on their slate, they have really tough ones. Yeah. Packers at home, Vikings at I guess that's the good news that they're at home, but Packers Vikings are going to be really challenging games. Then they go on the road to Tennessee. They should win that one. Then they have the Chargers at home, the Raiders at home. I think it's manageable. I think there's a very clear reason why the Patriots are kind of separating themselves in the conversation. Right. Before it was, hey, Chiefs and Patriots at the top of the AFC. I was trying to look for some odds. They're off the board because people are trying to wait and see how long Mahomes is out. Right. Obviously, the Patriots will be the leader in the clubhouse. I still think Kansas City wins their division. It's just hard for me to buy into the Raiders. I still think, I've, I've said all along, I think the Raiders make the playoffs as a wild card. But I still do think they uh, they win their division. Well, you know, the Chargers aren't putting up any fight. They just beat the the uh, Denver. It's a two horse race. Yeah. Um. But and I would still lean. Even if they only have Matt Moore for four weeks, let's say, I still think they're going to be the well, better team. But that's that's the thing, right? Like if you could go, the when I looked at it, if you can go five hundred until that bye week, that bye week is four weeks out for them, right? Or yep. five weeks out. Yep. That gives Patrick Mahomes five to six weeks to get healthy, right? If you go five hundred, um, and you're sitting at seven and four after that bye week. I think you've kept pace with the Raiders because the Raiders have, they have to go to Green Bay. They have to go to the Texans. Yep. Um, they've got the Lions at home. Then they have to go to the Jets, which I mean, might not be an easy win. Right. Um, Chargers and Bengals are wins. So they could theoretically be sitting at seven and four, two right around that same time. Yep. If you get Patrick Mahomes back, I think you're good to go. Yeah. Like that's the way I would see it. But if Patrick Mahomes is out, out, um, then I, you know, then that's a whole different ballgame. I, this injury kind of gives me, so much like crazy respect for guys like Brett Favre, for Eli Manning, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, guys that played like 150 straight games, 10 years straight without getting anything like this was a freak injury, right? Right. This stuff happens all the time. Except it, it didn't happen to them. Right. right. Exactly. No, and they, right. but then they like, it's just for whatever reason, they were able to avoid it. And um, they, and I think it's also a tribute. They played through a lot, but Patrick Mahomes was playing through an angle no, too. It's just crazy. It's a, it's a remarkable achievement to be able to play pro sports and not, and not miss games. Yeah. Any of them. Yeah. I mean, even in basketball where you're not getting banged like that all the time, I mean, you're tweaking ankle or pull a hammy. Guys that are out there all the time, man, like it is that availability yep. is truly the best ability. It's remarkable when you come through on skate like that. So the other conversation that was being had kind of all night, this was something that really, sent shockwaves across the NFL for what it did, not only for the Chiefs Super Bowl hopes, um, but the Patriots. We talked about that. I think it's, you know, the branding. And this is the face of the league or the yeah. next face of the league, right? Brady, you got some older guys, Drew Brees, but they're getting older. This is the, the MVP. He goes down, but there was also a conversation of like, all right, what do the Chiefs do now? Do they trade for Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, Ryan Fitzpatrick? If, like, if I'm the Chiefs, I would actually call the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are shopping everybody. Yeah. They want to lose. And I know they said they're starting uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick this weekend. Best chance to win and all that. But don't don't call the head coach because I'm sure he would like to see Ryan Fitzpatrick. Call the front office and say, hey, we're in need of a quarterback to add some depth. I don't think they're going to need it for the rest of the season. That's a different conversation yeah. if you're the Chiefs. But if you need somebody to come in and I think the Dolphins would give them pretty cheap just to get some picks. They're trying to accumulate as many draft picks as they can. I don't think it would be that bad of an option, even if it was just three to four weeks. Although I think Matt Moore is perfectly serviceable, and he was signed just for this. He's an experienced veteran backup. Yeah, he's one should of your be able to hold things backups, down. right? Yeah. Like he's been. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's an interesting name because he's the type of dude who can bottle, like he can capture magic. Yes, for it's like magic. for like three weeks. Yes, like do you know what I mean? Yes. Like he can be like electrifying for just long enough. Um, 
And I think what you don't want, the type of quarterback that you don't want to fill in for Patrick Mahomes is your check down Charlie type of conservative dude, right? Like, right. That, in that well, offense. In that too. offense where it's like, you know, um, I guess you could make the argument that you got a bunch of playmakers, so just take care of the ball and get it to them. Right. But I think Fitzpatrick is an interesting name. I, I think so, too, that. and I yeah. think the Dolphins would listen. Yeah. You know, I think you tried to call uh, the Panthers. I think they'd say, well, hold on a second on Kyle. Sure. We're not willing to part ways with Cam Newton yet. Even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think if you called for Jameis Winston, they might say, well, we're still evaluating the rest of the season. We're not going to – and they would, they would ask a lot in return, mm-hmm. knowing the Chiefs are a little bit desperate. I don't think the Dolphins would be. I think the Dolphins would be like, all right, we'll listen. What are you going to offer? And then maybe they would do it. Uh, just kind of an interesting dynamic to that, um, uh, you know, p- potential situation up there. But again, I don't think they're going to have to make any desperate trade because I think he's going to be back. Of course, we'll keep you all over that and, uh, stay tuned to CBS Sports HQ throughout the day. Any breaking news on. Did you on- stop watching the game when he went out? No, I was there at the sports bar, so I kept uh, watching no, it. No, but I mean, did you? All right, okay. I was watching. Let's it. say you were fifty-fifty. Yeah. When he went out, did you become seventy-thirty to the baseball game? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I was. But I was curious to see how Matt Moore would do as a backup. Okay. Like I was right. looking at the backups, and I'm like, man, these dudes are stealing money. Like I, so I kind of watch from that perspective. I didn't watch an, another snap. You didn't. I didn't. Well, that's the type of impact he has. That's why I'm saying it was really a devastating loss, not only for the Chiefs but for the NFL. Yeah. He's a. He's a difference maker, he's, not only on the field, but just branding. People want, they are attracted to him. He's a right. star. He's got star you wanna, quality. You want to see it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. I think this is one of the worst years in the history of the NFL for injuries, especially. Yeah. And a lot of, man, I'm quarterback biased, but so is the game mm-hmm. when you think about it. So with Mahomes out next week, Matt Moore will likely become the 45th different starting quarterback in the NFL this season. And a little note in here from Joey and Mikey, the way Flacco played, we could see the 46th also <laughs> after him playing. But that's a record for different starting quarterbacks in a season. Uh, the last time was 64. I think they're on pace to catch this thing. Um, you know, 54 quarterbacks have thrown a pass. See the irony in, in the, like, and the fact that all the rules have been changed. Yes. As of late to totally. The quarterback and, right. they're all, and they're like freaky, like the Drew Brees, like yeah. thumb hitting a helmet and, him getting hurt on a, a quarterback sneak. You got mono. I mean, just weird injuries. Yeah, that's I, and that's what I, that's what kind of has driven driven me nuts because they're trying to make the game safe. Yeah, it'll never be safe. That's it's funny. always a violent sport. There's always going to be risk of injury, which I think draws people to it. it draws guys to play it because there is that risk, and it sure. kind of gets your adrenaline pumping. It obviously people want to watch it because there's violence involved. So I think that's uh, it's an interesting thing. I don't. And hopefully it stops, but it just feel like there's this floodgate of injuries, which sucks. I hate it for all these guys that are involved. Um, Deshaun Watson is a guy who's been able to stay healthy despite an offensive line over the past, you know, couple years has been really bad. The trade they made with the Dolphins for my, uh, Laramie Tunsil has yeah. been really solid at showing up their offensive line, but he has been doing something after games, which I think is pretty funny. We played it a couple weeks ago and he's been continuing to do it, giving very detailed explanations of what he's seeing. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating. I'm going to play it back for you right now. Here's Deshaun Watson. Last week, you broke down the Panthers defense and what they were doing. Uh, can you break down the Falcons defense this week and what allowed you guys to have so much success, specifically when targeting will follow? Uh, yeah, I mean, they play a lot of man, different variations of man, play a lot of diamond front, which is diamond front is at five across, the center's head up, you know, the two guards are covered up, got the two wide ends for Vic Beasley and McKenzie. Um, and, and then, you know, you have the linebacker, Dion, and, and then sometimes they play man, sometimes they drop out and play Tampa. 
they do a little blitz zone. They try to do it, you know, and their pressure and empty was the brand of star pressing them and cap the safety. Uh, but I just threw hot both times. One time hot was there and he didn't recognize that I told him that to break out hot and he kept running his, his, uh, seam route. So I just took it up the middle. Um, and then, you know, different blitz zone per, per, uh, packages. They play cover six, you know, zone it off. Um, and then they played diamond two and popped out. Um, so they did a lot of different things. Low in the red zone, they played, we call it zero rats, where it's, it's no safety in the middle. And that rat defender, which is 37, double hop. Uh, so it leaves everyone else one-on-one. So that's why Phils, uh and Will was able to, you know, connect and win because um, it was just one-on-one matchups. So, uh, and they did a little other stuff. But, you know, then, you know, zone read package, uh, they made sure they contained me and not let me pull it. So. Um, you know, we just, you know, locked in on each and every play and try to make sure that we knew exactly what they were doing. All right. So this is a couple times. What are you, what are you taking from that? What you think? I love it. I right? love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes. yes. All right. So the first time he did it, you could tell he was getting a little bit annoyed with the reporter. Cause right. The report, and I've not, wasn't anywhere as good as him, but I've been in the spot after a game getting asked questions by reporters. I'm not going to call out anyone specifically. But they act like they know what they're talking yeah, why about. Would, why would you do that and there? You, you've, right. I'm sure you've been in this position, yeah, Not too. as much as a quarterback, though, but I, right. I, I can see that, though. And I would get annoyed, and I would never say anything. And I would I never did that. It's a really clever way to go back at them and right. kind of show them they really know nothing at all. Like, I love the fact that he did that. Because I would be seething inside. Like, sure. hey, you, you don't see what I see. Like, you don't know what I was dealing with on that play. And basically what Deshaun Watson is giving you is really a glimpse at how complex the position is and what's what you're having to process. And he actually talked. He was asked about, hey, why are you going so in-depth? They didn't ask you to. Yes. Why are you doing this? And his explanation was, we don't get in anyone else's workspace, like going, uh, like people on social media talking bad about us, saying, you're doing this and you need to correct this. So it's more so, let's put you in our shoes. Because if we switch positions for a day, can you handle this pressure? Can you handle this? I love this. And you know what he's talking about? I've seen this happen a lot. There are a bunch of people that are on Twitter mm-hmm. and they get access to NFL Game Pass and they have the coaches tape <laughs> and they do these really complex breakdowns and they uh, you know they act like they're experts. Hey, sure. this is what Deshaun was reading and this is where he made the mistake. They don't know specifically what the Houston Texans read. Some of them are good. Some of them do a pretty good job. But for me, it's really hard to make a definitive grade on a quarterback unless you're in the coach's room and you sure. know what he's being taught to do. I think that's why I really like what he's doing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, for two, for two reasons. One, um, you know, I just, I think it's really interesting to go inside the mind of, of any really good player and, and like step by step have him walk you through what he's looking at. Like, especially in sports that I don't know a lot about, but I even enjoy it with basketball. Like when you're doing the details with Kobe and stuff like that, like those are really fascinating things to see great players, uh, walk you through what they're looking at. Cause, you know, that's why they're fantastic. Their brain works different than yours. Secondly, to tell somebody to shut the shut the shut the mess up. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, look, bro, but it's you a want, you really want to know it. You really want to know? <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. And and I just thought it was great. I and mean, there's because pol- the other way to do it is to either seethe and then just keep it in, or like ag- overtly get aggressive, and then you're the bad guy, right? Like yep. this is brilliant. Yeah, let me. Just, it's a polite yes. way to tell them they don't know what they're I talking loved, about. I loved it, which is great. I love Deshaun. Watson. I would listen, kid. Deshaun. I mean, that you know, man, it's funny. This is always. I always come in here and do this. <laughs> I, I, now I know that like some of the stuff he was talking about is way above pay grade for a sixth grader. Right. But I was just on the phone. I come in every day. I got a daily yep. phone call. I was just on the phone about like young kids 
Um, and this happens to be about football because we're in football season, but any sport, teach them. Yeah. Like teach now you, you might not teach with that level of complexity because maybe that is a doctorate degree level stuff, but certainly start teaching them like in basketball. They should learn how to run pick and roll and read pick and roll. They should, they should learn, um, you know, how to, how to diagnose a defense and what they're doing to you and where they're susceptible to being beat. The same with football. If you're just teaching kids plays, or just teaching them how to go between their legs like Rip was saying mm-hmm. and not teaching them how, how that is pertinent to the game they're playing, then you failed them. Yep. You know what I mean? And so Absolutely. like I hear that and I'm like, man, that type of stuff is is just gold. And kids, while it might not be at that elite level, they should certainly start to be armed by like 11, 12 years old with some knowledge that can take them forward into middle and high school, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Love it. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, welcome back to Kennell and Bell. Uh, we were just talking about De- Deshaun Watson, the complexity as a quarterback. Yeah. And when I was cleaning out my house this weekend, in one of my boxes, I found some old playbooks. My mm-hmm. wife wanted me to chuck them. Right, no. I can't no, part ways no, with no, these. No, 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 no. So I went and found, this is the 2005 Summer Playbook. Okay, so this is from the Denver Broncos. You can see it's fairly thick. It's thick. You know, it's, it's That's a pretty That's a summer thick playbook. Summer playbook. So yeah. this, but this is basically the entire offense okay. that they would that they would put in there. And you can see... You know, I've highlighted some notes, and basically the way they install things is they call them days. So it's uh-huh. very simple. Day one, There's they install highlights. some of the most basic plays that are out there. Right. And you can see there's a little bit of notes on them. There's different formations out there, but this is the entirety of the the whole entire. Like this is Mike Shanahan's offense. Yeah. If you watch the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan's running a lot of the similar concepts. By the way, they're supposed to fine you five grand. For taking that. Well, if you lose your oh, playbook, you, lose right, you right, are right. supposed to turn it back. But I was like, screw you guys, man. You guys <laughs> cut me. I'm taking it with me. The other thing too is like this is very antiquated. Now everything's on iPads. Right. You know, like everything's electronic now, which would be a lot easier as far as where my wife is saying chuck it. Yeah. If I had it on an iPad, it'd be a lot easier. Um, but you can see, I mean, it's a, a very heavy workload. And so during the week, what'll happen? And I mentioned this mm-hmm. the other day. So this is every single play that Mike Shanahan would run with the Denver Broncos. Right. They would cut this down probably to about in half, you know, like about probably this much of the pages yep. would be used in a week. The thing is, they're different formations. They mix and match. So you really got to be on top of it. Where every week, kind of learning a new playbook. That's it's not quite this thick, but it's pretty complex. Well, that, about it. you know what? Like I, I'm glad you did that. Um, most people, I mean, like since you're young, right? Like in like jocks, you get labeled jocks and, yeah. and the stereotype. Right. You can't like right. You're not smart. Can't read your own name or right. write it. Like you know what I mean? Like the 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 type of mental preparation that goes into playing any major sport at that highest level, maybe even the second highest level, 
uh, the mental prep that goes into that and the ability to, to absorb information quickly and process and go out and execute is, it's pretty remarkable, man. Like, That's why most people don't know that. I've always looked at guys, you could have all the talent in the world. Yeah. You can't handle this, a playbook like this, you're not going to make it. Oh, dude. And it does nothing to do with academics. It has nothing to do with, like, Ray Lewis barely got into Miami. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best defensive players we've seen of all time. He had incredibly high IQ yeah. when it came to football and the ability to process all this information. Because not only as a quarterback do you have to know all this, but you got to process it really fast on the field. Sure. You know, and like, so that's, that's the thing that separates us yeah. guys. I could do a whole show on that. I want to save that for some other time. Uh, let's do some NBA because Zion, my preseason pick for, I'll just say MVP. I'll just MVP? Say I may or may not have taken a flyer on MVP. 10,000 plus 10,000 on that one, but he did sit out the final uh, preseason game with knee soreness. He's going to undergo additional tests. Uh, it seems precautionary, but, this early in his career to be this cautious, he's already had, you know, in the summer league, it was his weight. Like, right. hey, his weight gets up there. He's a bigger dude. We saw him blow out a shoe, the type of force that he puts on it. Are you worried at all about him from this knee issue or anything else you could potentially see come of this? No, I'm not worried about his knee issue right now. I think it is just, you know, trying to err on the side of caution. Probably don't really, you know, you ain't trying to really play him that much anyway in the final preseason game. Right. Um, you know, but anytime a guy comes out like Derrick Rose, remember how electrifying and, and, and yes. how athletic he looked, the violence with which he like cut and, and the torque that he put on those ligaments and stuff when he was, when he was leaving the floor. Um, anytime a guy plays like that and Zion does a little bit, yeah, you know, I'm always like, how much can your body take? Do you know what I mean? Like this knee injury? No. And, I'll, and you know, I'm not pro- predicting or projecting that he ever gets injured, but when a guy uses that type of violent force, as much as those guys do, I'm always interested in how much you know the human body can take in that. Right, regard. me too. And I, it's not worrisome yet, but you do have to consider he missed some time at Duke. Like he's already it's going yeah. back to last year, and it was because of that true blowout where he kind of I think it was his knee that he torqued on that yep. specific play. It's a little bit concerning, but I also think in today's game, like the 82 game, I don't think he plays 82. No, I don't. You know, think I think, that, and yeah, even yeah. though he's a rookie, which right, right. traditionally you'd be like, hey, he's a rookie, he'll go out there and play. I think they'll be really cautious with him throughout the season, try to monitor him, make sure they stay on top of it for sure. And I, w- I would guess this is more precautionary than anything for them. Uh, every single year, NBA.com puts out a GM survey. Uh, you would assume these are the smartest minds in the game. Oh, this is like a pet, this pet peeve of mine. Oh, really? No, it is because you do assume that. And when right, you, but they're when not you, always. They are not. <laughs> right. So no yeah. shot. Like da- David Griffin. That's your and guy. Tony. You're not talking about those him. are really smart dudes, though. Yes. Seriously, him, Trent Redding, thirty of them, Kobe Altman. Like those guys are really bright, but not all of them, dude. Right. Come on. So, uh, thirty GMs surveyed. Uh, there. So they were first surveyed which team will win the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty interesting that they mirror the Vegas sports book almost identical. Clippers are the Vegas uh, favorite, as with the GM uh, favorite. The Clippers, forty six percent of them um, said the Clippers. 36% had the Bucks and 11% had the Lakers. Yes, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. We saw the Sports Illustrated cover. You looked at the Clippers and you said, that's six? I don't know if that's the best team in the NBA. Prove it. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, I'm not. Vegas has them. The GMs have them. You know, it's all opinion, I guess. Uh, I think they're going to be really good. Uh, but I don't know that, that they're that much of a favorite in my book, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to have them at 46%, that's a little high for me. Now, if you, you were 30-30-30 and the Lakers were up there, I'd be like, all right. Right. I don't know how you can discount the Lakers in that with 11%. I'm not even like a Laker fan. You know what I mean? But I'm just looking at LeBron and AD and 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 company, and you put 
two of the top seven players on the planet on the team together, mm-hmm. and you're picking somebody else by that much percent over them, I, I mean, I that's just me. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a fun season to watch. I, I won't put you on the spot now because we'll pro- we'll have a preseason special, sure. like uh, before the season starts. We'll get your pick for who wins. Uh-huh. But I'm with you. I'm a little bit surprised it's that lopsided too, and not much love for the Lakers. Uh, I guess I, I mean, maybe you're looking at LeBron saying he's getting older, missed a lot of time, but I almost feel like, fair. hey, that time gave him time to get healthy, also rejuvenated, yeah. you know, like, so that's where I would lean towards that one. Similar conversation with the MVP. I would be curious to know when the last time, uh, probably, I don't think it was ever. Oh, last year was 30% for LeBron. LeBron, not in these top five picks. Giannis comes in first with over half of the votes. Steph Curry, 10%, Anthony Davis, 10%, Kawhi, 10%. And then Nikola Jokic uh, with Denver coming in there in the fifth spot. I am shocked that LeBron doesn't have a higher percentage of MVP votes. Um, again, yes, I would. I'm. What can I say to that? You're, you're, I guess you're going off of him saying Anthony Davis is going to be the focal point of that offense, and they're going to run through Anthony Davis. Except if you've been watching a lot of their preseason games, the ball's in LeBron's hands a lot. Yeah. Now AD winds up, you know, facilitating off a of pick and roll, and he'll hit the, you know, he'll hit hit the big whose man has helped on him on the roll, and so he winds up making plays also. But LeBron is still the, the straw that stirs the drink there. Um, Giannis being that type of favorite. You also don't have James Harden in the top five, which I find interesting. Right. Um, you Are know. you surprised at the love for Jokic? I mean, he's a really good player, but the MVP voting, like the MVP? Slightly. Yeah. Uh, slightly. Cause, uh, but he's really, really good. And if Denver's going to be really good, um, he, he's kind of the guy that, that makes that work. Uh, Giannis at 52, I guess you're betting on what I had kind of discounted the other day was that he's just wired a little differently, and he didn't win the championship. So there's no real hangover there. I don't think he's going to have an MVP hangover like I thought he might because he's chasing championships, right, not MVP trophies. So I think he is still going to be on that mission that he was on last year. Mm-hmm. So so I think that's fair. But not to have LeBron or James Harden in the top five and have a name like Nikola Jokic, like I, I, don't, I disagree with that. The other uh, question that was uh, surveyed of these NBA GMs uh, and it always, these are always the same. I actually kind of like these because you get an insight in what these guys that are supposedly the smartest in the game are mm-hmm. thinking. It wasn't that, I remember doing this exact conversation about four or five years ago, and it was which player would you start a franchise with? Uh, who would it be if you were starting a franchise? And Anthony Davis was over LeBron. This is like three or four years ago. And right. I'm like, Man, they love Anthony Davis. Now, Giannis is that hot guy that you would build a franchise around. You're on board with that? Yeah, he's a baby. He's young. Um, Look, he's still scratching kind of the surface of who he's going to be as a, as a finished product. I mean, he hasn't developed that jumper yet, and he hasn't seen the fruits of what being able to hit a jumper does uh, in terms of def- defending him. And now he can lift somebody up because he showed him the ball and his eyes are at the rim, and, and now he's got even bigger crease to get to the basket. Like, all of that is still in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, theoretically, you put him in pick and rolls and see if he can, you know, he's good with the ball, maybe – you know, he learns to play pick and roll. I don't know. Um, but I think he's still scratching the surface and he's young. So I agree with that. Anthony Davis. Okay. Uh, Luca, maybe, but you're going to have Luca ahead of Kawhi Leonard. Right. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like Kawhi's not that old. Right. You know, I think, you know, these are just, I guess this is a youth movement type of thing, but Kawhi, come on, man. Like, are you a little surprised at all that the top two are bigs? Like in today's game, the way that position has been minimalized, or are they just so freakish that they're, oh, they're not just really that, true they're just bigs that in good. the sense of the word? Yeah. Well, they're not true bigs, and they're that much better than any probably young guard that's out there or young wing that's out there that you kind of got to go with them. And Giannis is more of a wing than a big. AD's kind of 
a four man. You know? So. Yeah. But I, I, Luca is great. Um, I just don't know how you can take him over Ka- Kawhi in that conversation. I don't even see Kawhi on here, which is interesting. Right. Exactly. I mean, he just won the championship. Right. Exactly. We're talking about how amazing he was. Right. I think people maybe assume he's older than he actually is, I guess, but you would think the GMs would absolutely, they would know that. Rookie of the year. Bam. My guy. Zion. 68%. Yeah, no shock. Uh, no shot. Uh, shock there. You know what uh, was a shock though? What? Absolutely nowhere on this list, one through three, or in the receiving votes that I just saw. Are rookie RJ Barrett? Yeah, it's yeah. Do you think that's because they don't think the Knicks are going to be any good? I think and the Knicks gonna are harder. Gonna, the Knicks are going to be better than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but purely rookie that was of the guy year coming out, like you liked him. The I best, did, didn't you? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe I need to watch the games a little better. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, not to even have him mentioned here in the in the poll again. Uh. I don't, I don't know who they pulled. Did they catch these guys as they like walked out of their car in the morning? I'd like, always be curious. Crust in the eyes, works. like yeah. you're just walking in trying to get a cup of coffee. Right. I'd also be, I'd be curious to know how the GMs, how seriously they take this. If they're like, oh, I got to do this stupid poll right. again. Like, hey, let me just, and they just spend ten seconds. Right. Like, just pick like, them for beep, me. Beep, beep, yeah. You know, just go through it because I know that sometimes it's scary. That's the way Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl voting works sometimes. With yeah. NFL players. They hit you up after practice. You're like ready to go home. You're like, here, give me the sheet. Let me put it down. Right. And then you're out of there. And then there's guys like, no, no, no. That's my boy from Florida State. You got to put him in there. And like, yeah. all right, all right. And just like <laughs> go through it really quick. I wonder how the GMs do it there. All right. Welcome back to Kennell and Bell on this Friday. Uh, college athletics, primarily football and basketball because they're the two highest profile. We've really seen transferring become epidemic. Like it's, it's free agency. In uh, the college landscape, college football now is the latest to see 11 five-star football players. So five stars, the highest rating you can get. These guys are supposed to be studs, NFL prospects. And the latest is Antonio Alfano from Alabama is just the latest. He's the second from the class of 2019 already uh, to transfer. Brew McCoy was the first. And get this. He transferred twice, going from USC to Texas back to USC. (laughs) That's the type of stuff that concerns me. Like, when you see guys, I get it after a couple years, maybe even after a full year, but you haven't even completed a full year, your freshman year. Some guys, you get homesick. It's a grind for the first time. There is a massive difference in high school, just in the preparation, the workload, from going to high school to college. I think it shocks you sometimes, and it's really can be overwhelming. I just wish they would kind of let the dust settle a little bit. Some of them maybe were promised starting positions. They don't see that happen. But in any case, I mean, these five stars, which were supposed to be locks, I think you have to look at them completely differently now. Um, that's fair. I think um, if you were going to say, hey, you were a five-star, you're supposed to be the number five defensive end in the class, and you can't beat out you know, X, Y, and Z, maybe you weren't a five-star. Right. Um, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I do think, though, that – there are a lot of things that go into like whether or not you stay at a school. First of all, picking a school and picking the right school for you uh, doesn't seem to be as important these days as it did when we played. Like I-, I got offers from LSU and schools like that. I looked at them. I got promises from them. Like you'll start at the three in the SEC. I, I heard that. I looked at myself. I was six five, one seventy five, and I was like, probably not going to happen. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. re- I evaluated that. I didn't want to sit. So I chose to go to Boston University, right? Like, mm-hmm. smaller school, much more opportunity that I play right away. Like, though, I, I think more you sat down and you did that. It wasn't such a big signing day. 
I'm playing it. Like you just evaluated, you know, what was the best situation for you and you went to it. Um, I think that's, that's not done with the same fine tooth comb now as it was back then. So that's part of the problem. But when you get somewhere and you've been promised that, that position or, you know, you, they've said, Hey, you're going to sit a year and then it's yours. And then they recruit another five star behind you. Um, and it becomes evident that maybe you not beat him. You won't beat him out. I do think that those kids should be allowed the flexibility to say, Hey, my dream is to play in the NFL or the NBA. Um, I've now got a five star on top of me. He's a freshman. I'm a sophomore. I'm never going to see the light of day as a player. I, I want a better situation for myself. So it's a tough conversation for me because I don't think it should be pure free agency, but I don't think just because a kid makes the, a poor decision on where he should go as a 17 year old that he should be locked into it and right. not have the ability to, to change his fortune. Right. Do you think you, cause you went to BU, then you transferred to FIU. Do you yeah. think you made a mistake going to BU? Like if looking back on it, cause no, your coach I, left, right? That's listen. I, I thought I played – my coach that recruited me to BU wound up leaving yeah. uh, before I got there. And so I went anyway, right? The guy came in and he, he – it was perfect for me. I went in. I sat for a few games. Uh, then I wound up starting and, and getting rookie of the year. Then I had a great uh, sophomore year. Um, and then, you know, it became obvious that there was a guy. He was a junior and he was just a man-child. Right. And he, he was the rookie of the year before I got there. And the ball was never going to be mine. So, you know, my aspirations were to play basketball somewhere for some money. And that wasn't going to give me the best platform to do that. So I had to make a call on, on transfer. And so I, I left. My numbers didn't change exponentially when I went to FIU, but it was mine. We played much bigger schools. Like we went out and we played Michigan and we played Alabama and we played Villanova and we played North Carolina. We weren't doing that at BU. So my platform was bigger. We played at Arizona. And one of those games, um, Pete Babcock, who was, who was, uh, a scout for Atlanta Hawks saw me and came up to me and talked to me and, that was all it took for me to get an opportunity in the NBA. I didn't have that at BU, right? So it worked out perfectly for me. Um, there's part of me that wishes, like, kind of like my pro career that I had stayed and I was, uh, you know, I had four years at a place and all of that, but you know, that wasn't my path. Right. And maybe you wouldn't have made it to the NBA. If I doubt, I doubt very seriously I would have. Right. right. I think that's where I've kind of evolved is where every, every situation is different. There's so much coaching turnover that if you signed up for one school, you might be getting a completely different staff. Right. which is running a different offense, which they might recruit players that they don't even like you because they didn't recruit you. Like There's just so many dynamics that go into it, which I think contribute to the problem that we have now, seeing guys hop from school to school. I never thought about transferring, per se. I thought about quitting. Like I, yeah. I was in a spot when my junior year, finally got to start, go down to the Orange Bowl, you know, get benched after three picks, and I was down. I was like, man, my dad was like, we'll just finish the season, we'll evaluate it after. And I was able to come back, and we got back, and then – had to choke it dope, but I, there were times when I thought about quitting. Yeah. For me, cause I didn't, you know, that's probably why I wasn't that great in the NFL. I didn't love football. Like it wasn't my dying passion to play in the NFL. It just kind of worked out that way. So I was, I was always kind of thinking about quitting and going play baseball. Yeah. Like that was always my, like my kind of option there. What I don't want to see happen. It was interesting. Cause I talked to this Lane Kiffin, head coach at FAU. I sat down with him yesterday uh, because we're, I'm calling the game tonight, uh, FAU versus Marshall. We asked him about the transferring. And how it's an epidemic. And he said, what I don't want to, he said, it really hasn't changed. He said, now they've given it a name, the transfer portal, right? right? So it's become more official and it's easier. It's all online. And what he said, I thought was really interesting. He said, uh, a lot of kids think it's cool. Like, and if they're not getting the attention that they got in uh, high school, all of a sudden it puts them in this site of they're getting re-recruited and it's fun being recruited. Sure. Like everybody's trying to, That's... Hey, we love you. We want you to come to our school. And he said, really, the downside of all this is a lot of kids are entering the transfer portal thinking they're going to get recruited or, you know, a team expresses interest in them. 
then they actually enter the transfer portal and then they don't get another opportunity. Yeah. And then it, the, the, some coaches at some programs are like, and I've talked to other coaches at the group of five level who said this, Hey, if you want to go enter the transfer portal, that's fine, but they'll do it. Let's say they do it today. The coach is like, all right, you're done. Like, see ya. Right. Don't, you're not a part of our team anymore because they know the players are kind of shopping around to get other offers. But if they don't get them, they want to come back. And a lot of coaches are saying no. Like you can't, which I understand. Sure. And I think that's the unfortunate downside that we don't talk about a lot is you're going to see like these five stars, they'll get an opportunity like that. But there's a lot of guys that are kind of three and four stars that are disgruntled that, Hey, I don't like my coach. I don't like the way things are working out. And they enter the transfer portal and then they don't get a scholarship anywhere else. And they're really in a bind. Well, I mean, that's where you have to know your value, right? Yeah. Don't, you know, but you, you and I both had really good support systems, right? You know, good dads, good families right. that helped us through evaluate some of these processes. The sad part, a lot of these kids don't have that at all. Like they're trying to ask people that have ulterior motives, you know, people yeah. that just for whatever different reasons, they don't have those sand sounding boards that give them good wise advice and so they're you know they're 18 19 they make foolish decisions that yeah that is tough but they're gonna look so they're gonna be casualties on that side of it and then they're gonna be casualties on the flip side of that where where you know if the guy stays and and he never gets a chance to play his dream dies right there you know what i mean that's why there's never a correct answer for it right like yeah. everyone's situation is different and and you know i typically look if you're gonna allow flexibility with coaches getting up and moving and and every other part of the program. Yep. Why does a kid need to be locked in when he's the kid? Right. You know what I mean? Like that's that's typically the way I look at it. Right. And that's why I think we've evolved to this place. And I think we're gonna it's 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 here to stay. It's not like we're gonna dial this back. And that's why I'm okay with it in a lot of these circumstances. Uh, NFL action this weekend, pretty compelling slate. The Rams on the road against the Falcons. I think this is one of those must win games for the Rams after they've dropped three in a row. We're starting to ask questions. Hey. You know, what are they doing? They'd make the trade for Jalen Ramsey, which to me seemed awful desperate, giving up two ones. I think it's a must win for the Rams, and it's not a question. Yeah, you know, I have no feel for this game. Um, right. I, I agree that the, Ram, the Rams are in a situation now, not unlike, well, I mean, what you had Kansas City in recently, maybe even Dallas. Um, I think I'm going to take the Falcons, though. You said, you said before, like, the Falcons' offense hasn't been bad. Right. Matt um, Ryan's they, like one of the second best in yards in the NFL. Like, he's having a pretty good season. If the Falcons do win, Man, you're going to hear some serious, you know, outcries of what are the Rams doing? Right. Starting to ask questions about them. And then on the other hand, if the Rams blow out the Falcons in Atlanta, I don't know. Dan Quinn is the next coach that's going. I think it's just a matter of time. If it gets ugly, he's supposed to be a defensive coach coming yeah. from Seattle. Their defense is the problem. It's not the offense. That's not good. Uh, in that spot. Not a good job. At, uh, not a good situation at all. You know who quietly? Had a massive win against a team with a winning record. Was it that and all quiet? he did was go out there and throw touchdown after touchdown <laughs> was my man Kirk Cousins taking this Minnesota team on the road to Detroit. He needs to, Kirk Cousins needs to change the narrative about him. This would be a good opportunity for doing. I don't go into Detroit, win this game, have an impressive performance. Disagree. Slowly start to turn it around. Disagree. Really? Disagree. I think that Kirk Cousins thrives in the narrative being that Kirk Cousins isn't good enough. Like I think that's his, that's, that's his spot, man. Like that's when he responds, right? Like in Washington, yeah. when he wasn't good enough, and Robert Griffin III was the guy. And hey, what was it? The how you like? How you like? What was he saying? How how about that? Or how you yeah, like yeah. that? You like, like that? You like that? That that's his thing, right? Now I agree with you that like they need to continue to play well, right? And you know, quite frankly, the offensive coordinator, whoever's calling those plays, let the man throw the ball. Like if you have the receivers like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, and you got weapons like that, let him put it up there. But I like him feeling just the way he perceives the narrative about him as being he's not good enough because that Kirk Cousins 
usually comes out and does pretty well. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, one of the games in the NFC East, which is a, cr- a critical division match, we talked about the Rams losing three in a row. Cowboys now similar spot, uh, playing the Eagles at home. It feels like a must win for Dallas and Jason Garrett specifically and Dak with his contract up. They need a win, but the Eagles also do too, in which Doug Peterson earlier, he got crushed because they said he guaranteed a win. He was on with a local radio station. He's like, we're going to go to Dallas and we're going to win. He tried to walk it back. I don't have a problem with what he said, but this is a critical game for both these teams. Cowboys have to deliver. They're in more of a pressure pack situation. You know what? Let me just stop walking stuff back. <laughs> just like, go out there and I, say it. And I didn't own say it. Yeah, but I didn't say, hey, man, like I, I said, what do you want me to say? We're going to lose? Right. Like what I'm supposed to say in a situation like that. So, yeah, I said we're going to win. So what? We're yeah. going out there and try to win the game. Exactly. Um, yeah, the bulletin board material, I think, is so overrated. So ridiculous. Like, like it, it gives them, yeah, they, so they talk a little extra trash. What? It's not that big of a deal. It's divisional, man. Like it's, that's yes. a, it's a, come on, man. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, I think the Cowboys. Yeah, I, to- I would lean the Cowboys a little bit more of a desperation mode after losing to the Jets. Yeah. I know the Eagles just lost too, but man, it feels like, uh, I'd have to lean with the Cowboys too. If it's not, we'll be talking about that. Monday is that's the sure. primetime game on Sunday night football. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So we've talked a lot about the uh, ch- situation between the NBA and China. Adam Silver addressed the media again, this time on our soil. And he gave a little bit more information that I was very curious to know because we all had kind of assumed that Daryl Morey was the center. of, And he was. I mean, he sent out yeah. the seven word tweet about the protests in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. China goes nuts. But what we really didn't know is what would have appeased China. And now I think we know more. As Adam Silver said, uh, this is his quote, we made clear that we were being asked to fire him by the Chinese government, by the parties we dealt with, government and business. We said there's no chance that's happening. There's no chance we'll even discipline him. These American values, we are an American business, travel us wherever we go. And one of those values, values is free expression. We wanted to make sure that everyone understood we were supporting free expression which I think is the stance that he had to take. He could absolutely in no circumstance have fired Daryl Morey just to appease the Chinese government. They're already taking heat. Can you imagine the heat they would have taken if they would have really kowtowed to the Chinese government and fired uh, Daryl Morey? Um, yeah, that would not have been pretty for the NBA. Um, I, I, I said from the beginning, I thought Adam Silver handled this the, the only way he could. Like I, I thought it was well done. He can support... Um, his employees' right to free speech, um, and still regret that people in China felt bad because of the tweet. Like, I don't think that those are hand in hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, he runs a business. He can regret that the statements offended people and what the ramifications are for his business and still support his employees' right to do that uh, by not punishing him or firing him, which he did neither of. Right. So... I've said from the beginning, like, I, I thought Adam Silver handled it fine. Um, you know, I'm not into the politics of it like that, but that's all he could do in that space. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what is he supposed to do? Yep. I think their best, their, it's, he already he admitted to financial consequences that they're going to be pretty severe. I think the best thing now is to try to not talk about it anymore. Yep. You know, like, cause every time he talks, just people, it's, it's become this kind of, you know, controversial issue and people want to bash them, jump all over them. I think they need the regular season to start and start talking about basketball and avoid yeah, the absolutely. politics altogether. Absolutely. We, politics tear apart our country, right? No matter which side you are. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad. Uh, we have big news on the show. Huge accomplishment. This is our 
not our 100th, not our 200th, not our 300th, our 400th show. And hey, Ellen Bell. Sound effects. Just I know, confetti. right? Just weird, awkward confetti that falls over us. <laughs> like that face where you're looking around. Sweep it off the table as we get there. But no, it's pretty cool. I was saying, we. I remember doing our 300th show. Yeah. These last 100 went by so fast. You know the old adage, right? Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Hey, there, there it is. Go, We're baby. having too much fun. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back with show number 401 on Monday. See ya. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.